0: Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce our host of Business Talk. He's the editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here's George O'Brien.
1: Okay, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Business Talk. We have a, a great show for you today. We are honored and privileged to have with us Mark Kerouac, I'm sorry, Doctor Mark Kerouac. He is the president and CEO of Bay State Health. How are you this morning, Mark? I'm good,
0: George. And feel free to call me Mark.
1: Okay. Uh, we're like I said, we're very happy to have you on the show. We know how precious your time is, and we're we're always happy to have you with us. Uh, you have so much to offer our our listeners uh, about a lot of subjects, but especially the pandemic. Uh, and that's what we want to get to today. We have uh, a, a lot to get to. We want to talk about uh, cases that we're seeing locally. We want to talk about vaccinations. And I especially want to talk about something that's that's very difficult to talk about. Uh, and that's that elusive subject of normalcy. Uh, everyone is, is yearning for it. Um, People are talking about the worst being behind us, light at the end of the tunnel, all of those kinds of things. And everybody wants to know when we're going to see normal again. And I, I don't know if you have any kind of answer to that question, but we're going to get to that in a minute. Uh, but let's start with uh, what's been in the news a lot and will continue to be in the news for some time now, and that is vaccinations and, and what's happening on that front. We had a great deal of momentum early on, Now we seem to have lost some of that momentum. Talk about what's happened uh, and and what you see as being the causes of this this loss of momentum and how we might get that momentum back again.
0: Well, I think as a country, the United States has done a very good job of vaccinating its population. There are only about three or four other countries in the world that have gotten uh, their percentages up as quickly as we have. Uh, we're now up as a country at over 200 million people have gotten at least one shot and uh, or 200 million shots have been given, I should say. And uh, it, it it's uh, going at the rate of about three million shots a day. Here in Massachusetts, we're one of the top 10 states in the country and have been giving out shots on average about 75,000 a day and a few days last week at 100,000. And so we're really uh, going ahead, I think, at a, at a good rate. We had initially been constrained by supply, but I think that's kind of resolving itself. There was that pause related to the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, but that's now been listed, lifted. rather. I think our next big hurdle is to get some of the people who are hesitant about vaccine mm-hmm. uh, to uh, uh, sign up and step forward and, and get get the shot. But I think we're really actually doing quite well. And uh, if we keep up the current pace, and that's a big if, uh, we should be in pretty good shape come June or July.
1: Mm-hmm. How much did the the Johnson & Johnson pause set us back with regard to this? And, and this dovetails with the, the next question I was going to ask about you know, the headlines we were reading about people pausing, being hesitant. They got the first shot hesitant about getting the second shot. Are those two things related and and how do we, we start to get some of those people over the hump?
0: Yeah. The Johnson and Johnson thing, they, they identified an unusual blood clot problem occurring at the rate of about one in a million. This, this happened both with the Johnson and Johnson shot and the AstraZeneca shot, which uses the same vehicle to deliver it. And uh, the FDA paused it for about 10 days and at the end of the day decided that the benefits of the vaccine far outweighed the risk of this complication. And that if we were simply alert to the complication, uh, it can be diagnosed, it can be treated, it can be managed. And you didn't want to deny, you know, the 999,999 people that were going to benefit for the one in a million that was going to get the side effect, uh, particularly if the side effect could be detected and treated. And so uh, there are people, if you ask in nationwide polls, maybe 10 or 20% more people are saying they're cautious about that particular brand of shot, uh, but we've yet to see that in our area. We're kind of re- we're resuming all three of the vaccinations now uh, in our area. With respect to the second shot issue, I think that somewhere between 5 and 10% of people are simply not getting that second shot, and it's not clear why not. Uh, that problem is much less of an issue, it appears, in Massachusetts. It might only be 1% or 2%. I think for people who have gotten that first shot, they've got probably a 60% rate of protection. If you get the second one, it's up to 90%. So there's really some value going ahead and getting that second one.
1: So we talk about the difference between the numbers between Massachusetts and the rest of the country. Why, why are there discrepancies in the numbers? Why are, are there numbers different in various areas? Politics still playing a role in this kind of uh, invading the science, if you will?
0: Politics certainly do play a role. I think that there are three, and demographics do too. Uh, so I think that the elderly have been very receptive to the vaccine, very avid for it, and we've gotten, I think, 85% of the elderly over over 65 A group that I I belong to, by the way, uh, that are that are uh, fully vaccinated and immune. So that's great. The more hesitant groups, there are three that we're keeping an eye on um, African-Americans, Latinx uh, individuals and conservative Republicans as well. uh, I've all expressed at a rate of more than 50 percent, either hesitancy or skepticism in some polls. Now we've been working to chip away at that through public information campaigns. And people may have seen our three infectious disease doctors, uh, either billboards, TV, radio, or whatever, uh, talking about their story. Oh, and the fourth group, by the way, that I, uh, I did mention were women of childbearing age, women who might get pregnant, Mm -hmm. uh, who are also a little bit more hesitant. And uh, so there. So one of we have uh, an African American, a Latino, and a pregnant infectious disease doctor, uh, all of whom have been willing to step up and talk about their own personal decision of why they got the shot. We hope that that will please be seen as an authentic and persuasive voice, and we have seen some progress in our own employee population in terms of acceptance.
1: I know there have been efforts nationally. We've used former presidents. We've used sports stars. We've used different people to try and reach out through these PSAs to to get people to get the shot. Uh, Some of these efforts have been more successful than others. People are trying to talk President Trump into getting more involved in this, thinking that he might help. Uh, How do you think we could get people i i know some people in law enforcement uh, some people in the military conservatives like you said um how do we get these people over the hump and and that leads to my next question of, of how important is it what what number do we have to reach uh to get to herd immunity um and to put this pandemic behind us
0: Well, I think that the Department of Public Health has done some studies and focus groups among people who express hesitancy to try to understand, pardon me, to try to understand what their reservations are all about. Uh, Many people are simply skeptical about um, authority or government interventions in general. Some are skeptical about the medical establishment or pharmaceutical firms. Uh, Some are simply curious to know uh, what are the side effects and how likely is it that I'll get them. Um, And so uh, we've tried to tailor our messaging to um, what those focus groups said that the DPH commissioned. By and large, the folks that are persuadable uh, want to hear from authentic voices with whom they identify. So probably less likely sports stars and celebrities and more likely people wearing a white coat who kind of look, and look like them, uh, we, th- we think would be the most persuasive individuals, which is why we have asked um, our young physicians to step up and, and give that message. Um, and I, I think there are going to be some groups that simply are not going to be persuaded and are going to uh, take their chances, I guess. Uh, And there's been a lot written and said about so-called herd immunity. Nobody has got a precise number. It's, you know, it's somewhere north of 70% of the general population. But remember that the population is not homogeneous. So you could have 90% of the population of a region be uh, vaccinated and immune, but a little cluster of individuals in a given town, a given company, a given club, Uh, uh, who all are still susceptible, and they could have a mini epidemic of their own.
1: This is Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West Magazine. It is my privilege today to have with us Dr. Mark Kerouac. He's the president and CEO of Bay State Health. We're talking about vaccinations and the pandemic. And uh, Mark, everybody seems to, or not everybody, but a lot of people seem to think that um, the worst is over uh, and that we're moving toward, uh, here's that word again, normalcy. Uh, But normalcy is elusive. Uh, No one really knows what is going to happen over the next weeks and the next months. Talk to me, if you will, about how you see the next couple months unfolding in terms of more people getting vaccinated More people kind of stepping back into the workplace, schools returning to normal. How is this going to shake out?
0: Well, I agree with uh, most sentiments that the worst is behind us and that we're uh, heading toward something better. Uh, Certainly, as as the United States and Massachusetts, there are plenty of other countries that are still going through hell. But let's just talk about Massachusetts for right now. Uh, I think we're heading toward a new normal. Uh, And it's fascinating to see uh, what people are experiencing as they are emerging. Most pandemics uh, in history cause people to sort of reassess the world that they live in and change forever the people that have lived through them. And so uh, you hear from people that are really rethinking about how sociable do I want to be? Do I want to return to the workplace? Um, How important is it for me to do this or that social activity. People are often nervous about getting back into uh, what used to be uh, normal social activity. Will I ever shake hands again, you hear people saying. Um, I I will say that it's fascinating to me, uh, you know, we we are the largest employer, Bay State Health is, in Western Mass. And as of today, uh, 4,500 of our employees are working from home. And we're hearing from some of them that, They're more productive than they've ever been. They never want to come back. And, you know, why don't we just let them be? Um, And others are saying, I can't wait to come back. I'm going stir crazy here. I can't wait to see all my friends. Still others are saying, you know, a day or two a week in the office, a day or two a week or three at home. Sounds like a good balance to me. So we've got to figure all of that out and also add to it.
1: Can you stop right there and tell me how you're going to handle the people who say they don't ever want to come back because, I've got a few who don't want to ever come back either, and I've got. I think
0: it depends kind of- on how effective they are at doing their jobs. In that, that's my point of view. If if they are an individual contributor and we can actually measure how effective they are at doing their work, let's say they're working in IT support or finance or something like that, um, maybe they don't have to come back. Uh, and th- so we're having those conversations with groups of employees our groups of managers to say, uh, what are we trying to get done here? Number one, how effective is homework uh, or working from home? Uh, What are the key things that you need to do face-to-face, you know, like team building or relationship building, that sort of thing? Uh, and how do we strike the right balance and support people and be flexible as an employer? Because I, I think that there is going to be a much more intense competition for talent, certainly in healthcare, care, uh, than there has been in past years. Number one, demographically, Western mass isn't growing. The number of young people is not enough to replace the work that um, those of our age are doing. Uh, the workforce is more diverse, so we're going to have to have a welcoming workforce for a more you know, and a more inclusive workforce. Uh, and so, and we're going to need to be competitive for a more for a scarce commodity, that being young talent. Oh,
1: well, it will certainly be interesting to see how all that shakes out into the future. So, when we talked uh, several months ago, uh, we were talking about hospitals and healthcare in general, and how it was faring through the pandemic. At, at that time, a lot of people were reluctant to, to seek the healthcare that they needed. Uh, emergency room visits were down. Uh, surgeries were down. Uh, uh, were, are things slowly returning back to normal on that front as well?
0: Well, I think very much like the rest of the business community, we're returning to a new normal. Okay. Uh, we had a tremendous depression of inpatient uh, activity when we suspended elective surgeries. Of course, we still have 70 or so COVID patients in the hospital even today. We've caught up on a lot of that needed surgery. Uh, the one area that's been significantly depressed that has not fully come back is emergency room usage. That's about 20 percent down. But the the cases that are down are some of the more minor cases that might have been seen in a doctor's office. Uh, and maybe didn't need to come to the emergency room to begin with. And so maybe it's a good thing. Uh, We're working hard to be able to accommodate drop-in patients in doctor's offices and urgent care centers so that they don't have to uh, go to the emergency room for a minor illness like a sore throat or something. Um, And we have really expanded our use of telehealth. It's Even with things reopening, 30% of our ambulatory visits are now done remotely, either uh, through video or or phone. And I think that does take some pressure off uh, the the emergency room. So it's a whole different way of consuming healthcare. There are some specialties like psychiatry who feel that the virtual approach may be more effective than even face-to-face, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. Mm -hmm. The one area that I have to say I worry about a bit still is that many people have decided to forego um, preventive care like cancer screenings or routine check-ins like blood pressure, diabetes check-ins. So we need to find a way to, to uh, persuade people to come back and kind of re-engage with some of that preventive care and maintenance care that is really critical to staying healthy.
1: Well, that was my next question. There was a, a lot of widespread concern about people... Even ignoring stroke and and heart attack symptoms, just not wanting to go to the doctor and, you know, speculation that uh, by this time or real soon, we were going to see a a real surge in uh, problem health cases uh, just from people not taking care of each other or not taking care of themselves and not seeking care when they needed to. Are we starting to see that? and, And will we see it if we haven't yet?
0: We have started to see some individuals who postpone coming to see the doctor and they will come in with a more advanced kind of illness that is harder to treat. Uh, a stroke or a heart attack might be an example or a cancer for that matter. Uh, and so those are distressing cases and and so we're trying to persuade people that it is safe to to come see a doctor if you're sick and uh, you ought not to delay all of our Hospitals in Western Mass are trying to convey that message. And so, yeah, that is another area of concern. Uh, I'd say it's far less of a problem than it was back in the spring when we really were much less sure about the virus. I think particularly now that people have been vaccinated, they have uh, much less hesitation about coming in to be seen.
1: Mm-hmm. One more, because we're, we're kind of up against the clock here. When we talk about a new normal uh I guess one of the questions is when we're going to be able to get back together in large groups and, and do things, uh, 37,000 people at Fenway Park, uh, a Big biggie with 100,000 people, and just to go to the events that, that that you and I go to all the time, the business events, the uh, the social events in this area. When are we going to be able to get back together again?
0: I think it's going to be summer into the fall that we're summer going to see that. Yeah, that, that's my guess, because I, if we keep vaccinating at our current rate, uh, we're going to be in very good shape come midsummer. Uh, that whole, you know, the, the backyard barbecue that the president keeps talking about. I think you could probably safely plan for that uh, or people who are planning, you know, family events or weddings or whatever for later in the summer. Uh, Even something like the Big E in the fall wouldn't surprise me if we were in good shape then. And it's really a a lot of it is going to be uh, um, determined by the overall case rate or uh, case volume. And as more and more people get vaccinated and as more and more people who aren't vaccinated get infected and get immune, uh, the virus is going to have less and less targets to pick on going forward. Obviously, it's a heck of a lot easier to get vaccinated than to get sick. So if you want to try to get on the other side of that vaccine is the way to go. Uh, but I think that the the virus is going to have fewer and fewer targets as we get into the mid part of the summer.
1: Well, let's hope so. Fewer and fewer targets for the virus. Uh, put this thing behind us. So Dr. Kerouac, Mark, uh, thank you again for your time. We really appreciate it. We'll have you back on soon, probably uh Maybe late summer into the early fall, we'll have the same discussion again, and we'll kind of compare notes and see where we're at.
0: Thanks very much, George. Always a pleasure.
1: Okay. Thank you again. And thank you all for listening. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West Magazine. Uh, This has been Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. We'll see you next time.